Welcome to another intriguing episode of All Things Mysterious, the podcast where the realms of true crime, the supernatural, and the unexplained converge. I'm your host, Matt. I'm Jordan. Today we delve into a story where chilling crime intersects with the paranormal. Thank you for joining us for this journey into the unknown. Jordan, today we're going to talk about the Lizzie Borden house. I'm so excited. We're not only going to talk about the murders that happened there, but we're also going to talk about the paranormal that is to be happening to this day. These are my favorite cases that you cover, personally. The ones that are both like the true crime and the paranormal part. My favorite. I, I, I love it because it really does give me best of both worlds. Exactly. And this is a fascinating case to me in general, but you add the paranormal to it. Oh, mm-hmm. Perfect. Maybe not so much as, maybe not as good as Amityville, but. You set the bar really high with Amityville, so. Yeah. I still think this one's probably better. It's very well known, but I will say I don't honestly know a lot of the story, so I'm excited to hear well, it. We're gonna go. We're gonna get into that because we're gonna start with the true crime element, and then we'll move into the supernatural. Oh, after. Thank God it's not a quiz. <laughs> Have your pen and paper out because there will be a quiz at the end. Nope, I'm not doing it today. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I'm just gonna fail. Imagine if you will a quaint town in Massachusetts. The year is 1892. The streets of Fall River are bustling with the typical day-to-day activities of a small industrious town. But beneath this calm facade lies a story of horror and mystery that still haunts the town to this very day. Our focus today is the infamous Lizzie Borden case. It's a story of a brutal double murder, a controversial trial, and a young woman named Lizzie Borden, who found herself at the center of one of the most notorious murder cases in American history. But our story doesn't end with the unsolved mystery of who wielded the axe on that fateful August day. No, of course it wouldn't. That was almost word for word what I was going to (laughs) say. Do I know you or do I know you? No, the walls of the Borden house have stories that stretch beyond the grave. Reports of ghostly whispers, unexplained shadows, and an eerie presence have led many to believe that the spirits of the Bordens still linger. The Lizzie Borden house has become a nexus of supernatural intrigue, drawing in the curious and the brave. Which are you? Neither. (laughs) I am neither curious nor brave. Maybe slightly curious, but neither. When we start ghost hunting, I we are saying going here. That's perfectly fine. You can drag me in kicking and screaming. Oh, that's going to be so good. I know. I look forward to it <laughs> so much. Join us as we explore the dark corners of the Lizzie Borden case and the hauntings that followed. It's journey through time, tragedy, and tantalizing world of the supernatural. So in the first segment, we're going to delve into the details of the Borden murders. Let's start, as we often do, 
by painting a picture of the Borden family, a seemingly ordinary household in the heart of Fall River, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. It's not a fun word to try and say. It really is not. Can we just get rid it of Massachusetts? Me, it trips me up, too. Nobody... Who came up At with that At this point, just say Mass, because Massachusetts... Yeah, Massachusetts. I can't say it well either. Even when you say it right, it's weird. It does. It doesn't sound like you're saying it right. Massachusetts. Exactly. Close enough. Yeah. Anyways, the Bordens were a well-known family in the town, led by Andrew Borden, a successful businessman, and his second wife, Abby. Living with them were... Andrew's two adult daughters from his first marriage, Lizzie and Emma. The family dynamics, however, were reportedly strained. Lizzie, in particular, was said to have a turbulent relationship with her stepmom, Abby. Which is fair. Or in other words, there's rumors on why possibly she had problems with her stepmom. But as far as I know, they were just rumors and people trying to speculate. Well, to be fair, some personalities just clash. Yeah. Let's turn back the clocks to August 4th, 1892. You remember what you were doing back then? Yeah, I sure do, vividly. <laughs> <laughs> vividly, just like it was yesterday. I want to ask Devin just because he was probably alive back then. He might have been. You never know. <laughs> August 4th, 1892, a day that would forever change the course of the Borden family. It was a typical summer morning until a scream shattered the tranquility. Lizzie Borden found her father, Andrew, lifeless on the sofa. His face nearly split in two from horrific axe wounds. Within minutes, the body of Abby Borden was also discovered in an upstairs bedroom. Similarly, I hate that word. <laughs> You're the one who wrote I it. I know. Almost identically mutilated, too. There we go. So the police arrived to a gruesome scene. The investigation quickly centered around Lizzie, who was home at the time of the murders. The live-in maid was also there, by the way. But she was sleeping. I think she was sleeping on the third floor. I want a live-in maid. Yeah, I know. It'd be that awesome. It would be. Although I don't like people, so it would suck for me. But I feel like they kind of make themselves invisible. No one's invisible. Fair. I'd be, like, even if I was a rich, I'd be one of those people. Because people just give me so much anxiety. I could never... Yep. Even when I try to ignore people, I still notice them. Especially, like, when they're around, my, around me. I'd be a horrible rich person. Oh, I'm just awkward with anybody in my house. Like the last time I had a repair person at my house, like I'm that weird person that like I have to follow them around and make sure everything's fine. And I hover awkwardly because I don't like people in my house. I hate it. I get freaked out. It oh. just freaks me out beyond reason. I yeah. just don't like people in my house. I, I'm just, I'm a lot like, I know. I'm so awkward. Cause not too long ago we had the internet people in our house to fix the internet. Mm-hmm. And, I just felt so weird. Am I supposed to stand there? Am I supposed to sit down? Am I supposed to go in the other room? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just leave you be? But like, also, I'm probably not because am I supposed to be there? What if you need something? Yeah. So I just end up standing like awkwardly in the middle of the room. Like, what am I supposed to do? Well, you just stand there awkwardly. I can't shut up. 
Yeah. So I'm that up. person that doesn't shut up and they just stare <laughs> at me like, what's wrong with you? First of all, a lot. But second of all, <laughs> anyway, story of my yeah. life. The evidence was circumstantial at best, but it was enough to bring her to trial. The trial of Lizzie Borden was a sensation, capturing the attention of the entire nation. Amidst the storm of media frenzy and public speculation, Lizzie stood accused of parricide. You know what that is? Killing your parents. Dang it. <laughs> I mean, it seemed pretty simple, Matt. I honestly did not know that they have a special term for... I thought it was patricide? I think there's multiple of them. I yeah. think. But yeah, there's terms for that. There's terms for killing your family. It's not just homicide. It's there's terms for pretty much everything. It's weird, actually, that there's really terms is. for just about everything. Makes me want to find out what they don't have a term for and kill someone just so they can make up a term for it. Just kidding. I want to kill anybody. No, but at the same time, look, I made a word. Yeah. How did yours not go off? <laughs> Mine was on silent, too. I don't know, but it's always on silent. Apparently, silent doesn't matter for iPhone. <laughs> I don't know, but that was really funny. <laughs> you awake now? Yeah. <laughs> this episode is going to take a lot of editing. <laughs> oh. oh, God, sorry. All right. Yet the prosecution could not conclusively link her to the murders. The evidence was speculative and there were gaps in the timeline. In the end, Lizzie Borden was acquitted. The jury unconvinced of her guilt. And this is one of those cases where public opinion was pretty much decided before. They pretty much everybody was convinced she did it. And there's some evidence, some reasons why I don't necessarily believe she was involved. Like, for one, the living maid was in the house, too. And she apparently slept through all of it, yeah. supposedly. And, but back then, the dresses women wear were complicated to get on. Oh, extremely complicated. There were, like, 85 layers. And right after the murders, the maid saw her in... And a clean blue dress. So if she just got done murdering, unless the maid's involved, which doesn't make sense because she just lost her source of income. They never really said what happened to her. Like, did Lizzie still continue to pay her to be their maid? Or It's a good question. I she feel like gets, she probably just lost her job and went to find somewhere else to work. Yeah, she kind of gets lost in this whole thing. It's kind of sad, really. Poor maid just, like... Poof gone. Yeah. Lost in the story. You don't matter, maid. Sorry. Yeah. But there wasn't evidence on her blue dress, though. It was clean. Yeah, it was clean. There okay. was no. Just from my opinion, if her dress was clean, I'm sorry, but if you, like, ax somebody, yeah, there's, there's never... going to be some splatter. Yeah. Now, there was, I think, there was speculation or evidence that she did burn a dress later on. But it wasn't the dress that she was wearing. The police actually had that as evidence. 
Now, I also have to wonder if you would be strong enough as what she was like what thirteen. No, she was an adult at this. Oh, she time. was an adult at this yeah. point. Okay, she was an adult. Still, that's a lot of strength. Yeah, it's an axe, so you don't really have to have a whole lot of strength to kill somebody with it. No, but axes are heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I think she would be. If, I think if she wanted to, she'd be able to. Especially, you got to understand, it's the 1800s. That's true. Women, especially back then, did a lot more physical. That's true. Stuff they're used than, to more manual labor than yeah. what we're used to now. Yeah, because I mean, they did even like. Clean clothes was a heck of a chore back then. Yeah, it's true. You have a point. You have a well, point. Anyway, continue. Anyway. But the story doesn't end there. The acquittal left the public with more questions than answers. Who really killed Andrew and Abby Borden? Was it an intruder? A disgruntled business associate of Andrew's? Or did Lizzie Borden indeed commit the unthinkable? Theories abound, each more intriguing than the last yet the truth remains elusive. After the whirlwind of the trial and her subsequent acquittal, Lizzie Borden and her sister Emma tried to resume their lives, but things were never the same. The shadow of the murders hung heavily over them. The sisters moved to a new house in Fall River, which Lizzie named Maplecroft, which is weird. Uh, Despite her acquittal, Lizzie remained a figure of intrigue and suspicion in the public eye. The Borden sisters lived together for a time, but their relationship eventually frayed, leading Emma to move out in 1905. The reason for the separation still remains a topic of speculation because obviously there, a lot of people thought that, and there's a lot of reasons why they think their relationship frayed. And mind you, Emma wasn't around during the murder. She wasn't at the house. Because she was alone at the house with... Yeah, with the maid. Yeah. Yeah. But... There is rumors that... Lizzie had a crush on a a female. And that's why they're saying that there was a fallout between her and her sister. Because obviously, one of the theories was that she had a relationship with the maid... And that's why the maid was covering for her. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Yeah, but stuff like that, I don't really necessarily... It just seems like maybe she did like girls, and back then it wasn't... Definitely wasn't. That was 1,000% not acceptable back yeah. then. Or it could be it was just she... We think she murdered her parents, so obviously she must like girls. Type exactly. thing. It just... It feels... Ucky. Yeah. <laughs> With no other better words to put to it, but yeah, it's uh, really weird. So Lizzie r- lived the rest of her life under the surname Lizbeth for some reason. <laughs> Mostly to try to get out of the public eye. I blame her for that. Didn't actually work. People pretty much knew who she was. Fall River wasn't, necessarily, wasn't really a big bustle in town. She sought a quiet life, through, though she never completely escaped the infamy that her trial brought. Lizzie passed away on June 1, 1927, from pneumonia. Curiously, her sister, sister Emma died just nine days later. The sisters were buried side by side in the family plot, a short distance from the house where their lives changed forever. So as time marched on, the Borden house 
scene of the Notorious Martyrs underwent a transformation that would cement its place as a paranormal hotspot. Let's explore how the ordinary home turned into a beacon for ghost hunters and, and the curious alike. Years after the death of Lizzie and Emma Borden, the house on 92 2nd Street found a new lease on life. It was meticulously restored to its 19 or 1892 appearance and opened to the public as a museum. Additionally, it began operating as a bed and breakfast, offering guests a unique, if not eerie, overnight experience. And not going to lie, I would 100% love to stay in there as in the Lizzie Borden house. Oh, I have no doubt. Uh, I have no doubt that you would. That would be freaking awesome. I'll put it on the stupid list. It's going to happen. The stupid list that I'm sure that we'll stupid go to <laughs> and we're stupid ghost hunting. 100%. Stupid. So it wasn't long before the first reports of supernatural occurrences began to surface. Guests and staff reported strange happenings within the walls of the boarding house. Whispers in the nights, doors closing on their own, and inexplicable cold spots became part of the house's new lore. And mind you, this was in the 1930 or 1940-ish era. Right, when not that really, was not really... Yeah, it's not like the supernatural was not as awesome as it is today. Exactly, it's uh, not like a thing that people go searching for like, yeah. it, used to, like it is now. But if that's why, like... When you get like stories from way back in that time period of supernatural stuff, it to me it makes me believe it a little more. Because back then it was like almost taboo yeah. to talk about. The legend of the hauntings began to grow as more and more visitors reported their eerie experiences. Some claimed to hear the sounds of a woman weeping, while others spoke of seeing shadowy, shadowy. Shadow, what the fuck? Shadow figures in the rooms where Abby and Andrew Borden were murdered. Each account added a layer layer to the house's haunted reputation. As these stories proliferated, the Lizzie Borden house transitioned from a historical landmark into a place of mystery and intrigue. The line between fact and folklore began to blur. With each unexplained occurrence add into the legend. Now, let's dive a little bit deeper. Many visitors and staff have reported hearing unexplained noises within the house. These sounds include muffled conversations in empty rooms, footsteps in the hallways when no one is there, and even the creaking of old floorboards as if someone is walking around. It's now, creepy at all. I don't know if you've been in an old house. Like a it special, makes lots of weird noises. But also, you can hear when people are walking like upstairs. Oh, yeah, 100%. Back when I was little, I had a friend who lived in a super old Victorian, and I used to stay with her. I don't know. I stayed with her several times. <clears throat> and you could hear where literally everybody was in the house yeah. at all times. Oh, yeah. Everyone. And I get that old houses make some weird sounds. But you can distinctly hear there's a difference between walking and a house settling. And oh, yeah, you can hear the sink step and like the creak. And that's what everybody was saying was that it was actually walking, not just house settling. But 
So sightings of ghostly figures are perhaps the most spine-tingling tingling experiences shared by guests. There are tales of seeing a woman dressed in Victorian clothing vanishing as quickly as she appears. Some even claim to have seen the apparitions of Andrew and Abby Borden themselves, lingering in the rooms where their lives were brutally taken. One particular haunting story comes from a guest who reported feeling an invisible presence sitting down on the bed beside them. That would freak me right (laughs) out. No, thank you. It really would, but it'd be so awesome. No, that's freaky. No, no, no. Because when you're laying on a bed, you can feel when like someone sits on the edge. Oh yeah. That would, I would. It would probably freak me out, honestly. But I'd also have to look to see if there's anybody there. Uh, no thanks. I'm good. Nope. Another guest spoke of seeing a shadow figure standing at the foot of their bed, only to disappear when they tried to speak to it. You're gonna speak to it? <laughs> Hell yeah, I would. Of course you would speak to it. I would just freeze and hope to God I don't die. Paranormal investigators have been drawn to the boarding house armed with their equipment and a desire to uncover the truth. Some have recorded unexplained temperature drops, captured EVT, EVP, which is electronic voice phenomenon, recordings, and even photographed orbs and light anomalies. The popular theory linking these occurrences to the Borden murders suggests that the violent and tragic nature of the deaths left a psychic imprint on the house. Some believe the spirits of Andrew and Abby Borden are trapped, relive in their final moments while others speculate that an unknown sinister force has unleashed by the brutality of the crimes. Could you imagine that if the afterlife is just you reliving your That would be death? horrible. I hope that's not the afterlife. Yeah, depends on how you die. If you die to eat an ice cream, I think I could live with that. You still died, though. Yeah, but you got to eat ice cream. Yeah, but what if you just sat there and choked on it? You choked. Yeah. That's still not pleasant. Yes, it's ice cream, but you're still going to choke. <laughs> it's still not pleasant. Even if it's really good ice cream. I lost my spot. Of course you did. <laughs> Accidentally exited out. Matthew. Uh, da, 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 da. Play the Jeopardy theme song for you. Okay. While the tales of the hauntings at the Lizzie Borden house have captivated many, it's important to also consider the skeptical viewpoint. And because I like giving a voice to both sides, we'll talk about these idiots now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I typically skeptics. I'm I'm skeptical on a lot of stuff, but some of them go a little far on how they try to explain stuff to the point where it's almost comical now. <laughs> I uh, look forward to this. <laughs> all right. So skeptics argue that many of the experiences of the boarding house can be explained through natural phenomenon. For instance, old houses often have creaky floorboards and drafty rooms which can create noises and cold spots that are easily mistaken for paranormal activity. Cold spots, especially I can understand because yes, I, like I said, I have a friend who growing up lived in a Victorian and yes, there were some weird spots in that house. It may have been haunted. It may not have. I don't Mm. know. She said it was haunted. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what I believe. However, I've also, I believe 
been in buildings that have been haunted. And you can 100% hear the difference between yeah. footsteps and just building settling noises. Yeah. Because there there's a very clear difference between the two. Oh, 100%. Like, because you can hear the difference. And even cold spots. I mean, you can tell the difference between like cold spots and like just drafty rooms. Exactly. Like his drafty rooms, it's not gonna, it's going to be the whole room's going to be drafty. And not just like a weird spot yeah. in the center or the side of the room or whatever yeah. else it is. So I don't this is this is what I'm talking about. This is like the base basic skeptic answer and it's just it's lazy to me it's not very because it doesn't make sense like anybody that's been in a there's a difference like you could tell of a house settling especially if you lived in an old house or older house where you can hear people walking upstairs i know the difference between and we'll get into how i know that in a minute but you can tell the difference between the house settling and um actual footsteps oh yeah back when i stayed with her often enough to where i could tell which person was walking upstairs yeah by the footsteps whenever they would walk around okay and it wasn't anything creepy or weird it was just it was an old house and you could tell who was walking Mm -hmm. by the footsteps and it was a neat house that i'm thinking about it because it had a whole bunch of different stairways and stuff and hidden stairways in it because Victorian and they were so cool back when we were little, we would just go through all the weird little hidden stairways and it was Mm. in such a neat house, Uh. but you could hear the difference. You could feel the difference. And it's not like we're talking about a whole room being a cold spot. That's just old house, poor insulation, but (laughs) it's not the same. It's just, it's lazy to me. Um, But psychological factors is, also may play a role knowing the house's history could predispose guests to interpret ordinary events as supernatural this is known as priming where the mind is influenced by prior knowledge to perceive things in a certain way that does make sense because if you go looking for ghosts you're going to think everything's and this one is the better of the skeptic theories but it also doesn't necessarily because a, a lot of ghost hunters are actually trying to disprove ghosts. Exactly. They're going to look for all the other things that it could mm. be. It doesn't, it still doesn't, it may explain a lot of the people who supposedly, you know, and honestly, I'm the same way. I've told you this before, where I think a lot of people who say they've seen ghosts or, or especially at these famous places are just full shit because I think they just want to get in on it. And I think we talked about that last week or last episode too, where said that mm-hmm. a lot of people who are going joining the bandwagon as you, as such is just trying to fit in. Oh, look, I saw it too. Yeah, but I I definitely don't think everybody that has supposedly seen something here is that way. But I do think that there is definitely some. Um, so there has another, to be some sort of merit there yeah. to start everything. And it's oh. like you said, back then, whenever all of this started, mm. it wasn't a subject you talked about. Oh, yeah. And it's not something you're going to brag about. So if you've seen something, you're not necessarily going to go, you don't want. Another point to consider is the power of suggestion. In a group setting, if one person reports feeling or seeing something unusual, it can influence others to believe they're experiencing the same thing. 
This can lead to a sort of collective confirmation of paranormal occurrences regardless of their actual valid validity. Now, if these people are like me and you, that's 100% BS. That's fair. <laughs> because I know the way we are, like if I say I feel something paranormal, you'll be, you will 100% be like, no, you thing. don't. That's exactly what I'll do. No, you freaking don't. <laughs> and I would be the same way if you said it. But we are weird. Yeah, we're not true. normal people. <laughs> <laughs> we're not normal at all. You'll be like, oh, I feel something. I'll be like, no, you don't. I don't Look, feel it. <laughs> shut up, Jordan. We just got here. <laughs> you don't feel anything. You just think you do. <laughs> you know it's true, though. Oh, it's 100%. That's going to be like. You literally could have a scratch on your arm from a ghost. I'd be like, your dog did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a minute ago? Yes. You made that up. <laughs> You fall down the stairs. Someone pushed me. Jordan, you just can't walk. Matthew, you pushed me. <laughs> I'm ahead of you. That doesn't matter. So this one, obviously, I get that some people probably can be influenced by, especially their friends or whoever they're with. It's just, this is another one that's lazy to me. The psychological one, that one's actually got some merit to it, I think. But it doesn't necessarily explain away everything. And then the whole old house thing, that doesn't really, I don't really believe that one. I just feel like it depends a whole, a lot on the individual person. Yeah. And it's not like every single paranormal thing is happening at old houses. There are new ones. Look at our work. It's brand new pretty much. Right. And like my house was built in 43 and there's nothing paranormal happening in it at all. Oh. Trust me, I asked the homeowners like 82 times before I bought it. I was that weird person that was like, it's not haunted, right? And they were like, no. And I was like, but it's not, right? And they're like, no. Every time you tell that story, it just thinks of like, in, uh, I've seen houses like in. They must have been so annoyed yeah. by me, but I didn't care. I just needed to make sure, okay? If you're, there's things going around the internet where like actual signs for houses for sale. And it says, this house haunted. is not haunted. <laughs> 110% that house it's is fucking haunted. haunted. It's 400% haunted. There's more ghosts in there than I don't even know what. For sure. The debate between historical fact and supernatural folklore is a fascinating one. While the mystery of the Borden murders is undeniably intriguing, the addition of ghost stories added an extra layer of allure. Yet it's crucial to approach these tales with a critical eye, separating fact from fiction and acknowledging the influence of cultural storytelling. But again, we're talking about the 1930s, 1940s. It's not like people are going to go around and be like, hey, I saw a ghost or for them to actually come forward. You that know, took guts back then. Yeah, because you're going to be labeled as a, you know crazy. You're going to be labeled as a whole bunch of stuff. It's not something... It's not like how these days it seems like it's cool. That's Um, true. These days it is cool. It is. I think it's cool no matter what because I think I love that stuff. And I've had my own supernatural experiences. I think I've talked about a few of them on here. Yeah. Just a couple. But the and that's one thing is I've actually seen it for myself. I I no doubt that the supernatural exists in some form because I've experienced it. Now, do I 100% believe all the stories out there? No. There's so, a happy medium somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like in the middle. Like, I know that the supernatural exists, but at the same time, I also know that people lie and make up stuff. 
So it's a really weird place to be. It makes sense, though, because not every single one can be true, and there's going to be people out there looking for their claim to fame. But at the same time, you know there's a lot of people out there that are telling the truth. Oh, yeah. There have to be. It makes perfect sense. 100%. For once in my life, I'm going to say it. I don't think on this one you're crazy. On this one. That, that's like the best compliment you've ever given me. Hey, you gave me one compliment a while back, and so I'm returning the one <laughs> tiny compliment. That's it. That's all you get. I'm pretty sure I deleted that from the episode. How dare you? Now Actually, it looks like I'm just giving you a random compliment. We I cannot know. have that. You better delete this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is going to be on the start of every episode from now on. Oh, crap. <laughs> but that's all I've got today. It's The Lizzie Borden house is definitely someplace that we're going to go when we do actual ghost hunting eventually. I don't know about going to Massachusetts, but... It's a little far. <laughs> we live in just Missouri. Little, but we're definitely going to go. So it's just, it's nice when there's like a, a famous murder, I guess you say. Yeah. And it's well also known. supernatural attached to it. I, I like those cases and they're, they're definitely few and far in between, which is really weird. Cause you think if the murders cause the supernatural aspect of it, that there would be more of them. It does make you wonder. Maybe it's the other way around. Or maybe they're just not linked at all, and it's just, you know. It could be. I don't know. That's something we'll, we'll investigate in the future. And I will go running <laughs> and screaming because ghosts. Thank you for joining us on All Things Mysterious. Your engagement is what makes this so rewarding for us. If you've enjoyed uncovering these mysteries with us, please like, subscribe, and follow us on your favorite listening platform. For more intriguing content and ways to stay connected, don't forget to check us out on our links in the description below. Your involvement is the key to unlocking more thrilling mysteries. As always, we keep you guessing.